Hi, my name is Chris Candy, and this is the Never Not Run podcast. Or no. <laughs> or do the NNR yeah. for This is the Never Not Run podcast. I'm your host, Chris Candy. And I'm Mark Nieto. I guess we've started. <laughs> Welcome to... Uh... I want to. I just want to say my appearance is brought to you by Vitalite, uh, <laughs> the number one searched electrolyte replacement I found on Google. Uh, I drink it every morning and in the afternoon. After really? Coffee. You got the cool citrus flavor. Cool citrus. It's got real sugar in it for all you wusses who don't like sugar. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Welcome back to uh, episode two of the Never Not Run podcast. I'm your host, Chris Candy, along with Mark Nieto. And uh, we just lost Dan. Uh, no, we're really stoked um, to be back. Thank you for tuning in to week one. We, we had a lot of outpouring of love. Um, like and uh, comment. That is what makes us feel good about what we're doing. <laughs> a lot of good feedback. Uh, really surprised at the amount of people that were, were checking out the show that yeah. are non-runners too, which is really surprising. Yeah, we're just, you know, we're getting into it. And we want to, you know, each week bring in, um, you know, really just people from like every walk of life. I think that's the cool thing that's like great about running is you can get all different types of people at different like levels. And we, you know, we don't really want this to be like a, a pod for like, you know, the elite runners though. We would like to get some of those people too. We really want to just talk to like everybody who's kind of doing this thing. Yeah. It's that's just why like, you got me on. Exactly. Exactly. Which brings us to our guest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> our very first guest. Yeah. On the never not run podcast. Daniel Pappas. Uh, Dan is a director, a, a very talented writer, um, and a good friend of both Mark and I's. He's been at many Never Not Run meetups um, there since the inception, did the first uh, chapter of my 4x4 run. Um, he is an incredibly lovely individual and an, an avid uh, health enthusiast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he was not joking about the electrolyte supplement. He's like... He just poured himself a big glass of it right now. So he's fueling up as we're as we're talking. getting ready to go. So um Dan, thanks for uh thanks for being on the pod. Yeah, lovely to be here. <laughs> so okay, so um I don't know, like ever since I've known you, um, you know, you like for the people who are listening, Dan and I work a lot together creatively. We've made projects and whatnot. Um and I've always known you to um be doing all kinds of various things in regards to like exercise, fitness, all that kind of stuff. Um, but how would you explain like your relationship with like physical activity? Um, well, I definitely, uh, I feel like I'm, if you were to chart my relationship with exercise since I moved to Los Angeles, I'm a pretty trendy individual in the sense that I'll like do something for two months, get really into it. And then I quit. And then I do something different two months later. And I think a lot of it has to do with my wife and my mother-in-law and sort of, they'll be like, go weight lift or like, go to this Pilates class, or go to this thing. And so I end up trying all these things out and nothing really sticks. Um, I did that with soccer for, for years. Now it's tennis and then running kind of on and off. Chris always gets me out there uh, when he can, even though lately we haven't really run together for a long time, True. but I would say physical activity is pretty important. I also have a really bad sciatica problem. So the one thing that cures it is running. Uh, and every time I take a break from that, it flares back up. And then I'm like on my kitchen floor doing 10 minute yoga for sciatica exercises every day, um, off YouTube. So 
Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Where did what, you? I, mean, um, I, I guess I wanted to like back it up a little bit too. You 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 were really doing a lot of soccer. Do you mind talking about um, the league that you had and how much running you were doing and like how maybe that kind of tricked you into doing a lot more running than you normally would have, or were you running a lot during that time too? No, I mean, I started playing soccer with a bunch of friends and then it kind of grew into like a, a really rowdy pickup game with a bunch of people that weren't very good at it. You know, it was myself included. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You wrote me Set into it out. a couple of times too. Yeah. I kind of managed to rope everybody we know into that. And for the record, um, it was called Football Domingos. That was the name. Yeah, it was called Football Domingos. And we had these flyers that probably would get us in trouble now. Um, and we, you know, it would be like 30 people every Sunday playing soccer. And, you know, it was, that was something where we were like literally running probably like four to seven miles every Sunday in that game. Yeah. So that became something where you really had to, at least I had to, kind of supplement that with running during the week because I just, you know, couldn't keep up with everybody if I didn't do that. So that was probably the best shape I'd ever been in. Right. Um, honestly, because, you know, I can't, that was also before we were like tracking our miles really on the phone and everything, but I got to imagine my steps were through the roof uh, when that was at its peak. Um. So yeah. And then sort of like, pandemic hit and that you know soccer was a kind of close contact sport so i wasn't really trying to be that close with anybody so that was sort of the end of it but yeah. uh yeah i mean even to go back because something you guys talked about in the first episode and i feel like it maybe it should be a recurring thing on on every one of these is Please. like get everyone to talk about having to run the mile in grade school yeah how that's a, that that was like man talk about like I was a fat kid, so I I did not have any interest in running a mile. Right. Like, you know, they'd be like, go run a lap. I was like the last person to come in on the one lap. So where'd um, you grow up? I grew up in Marin County. Um, and, you know, I like, I love sport. I always love sports, but like, I always like to carry around an extra 30 to 40 pounds on me too, just to make it harder. <laughs> and, uh, um, I, I remember like there was a couple things when I listened to you guys talk about the mile. There's one thing I remember is that there was this, there was this one point, like we were the, I might've been the first mile I ever ran. And there was this other kid named Ross Otto who was a hefty fellow and Ross has now gone on to become very skinny. Uh, he might live in like Austin, Texas now, but him and I were kind of like the heftier brothers on the, on the, the, the school. Oh yeah, class. definitely. And Ross I remember like we took off running and I, I didn't really see the incentive to run any faster than I wanted to. Cause it wasn't like it was going to change my grade or right. I was going to eat the same thing when I got home. So I was kind of, like, I'm just going to go slow. And then I remember I was going slow and Ross was ahead of me. We were literally, I was in last, he was in second to last. And then I was kind of, man, this is kind of slow. And then I saw, I pull up alongside Ross and he has like a Hawaiian shirt open. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's unbuttoned with his gut hanging out. And he had those, he wore like eyeglasses where like, you know what? It makes you look like you have like bug eyes, like the really thick yeah. frame. Yeah. And he kind of like looked over at me with the gut hanging with the Hawaiian shirt flowing behind him. And I just had this moment where I was like, man, I, I cannot be last. Like I got to beat Ross. And that <laughs> propelled me to like ending second to last. And Ross like kind of walked in at the end, but it was a very, it just was like a, like 
I, I don't have many moments that of with running where like they evoke such a strong sort of like memory. And then the other one was in middle, that was in, I was probably like in second grade at that point. And then the other one was in middle school. They're like, all right, we're going to run a mile. We're going to do this once a week, every week. And I was like, there's, I don't want to do this like right, at all. Right. And I also was the shortest kid in my class until probably like I turned 16. Okay. Like they would do, we would do the school photo and they would arrange everybody on a bleacher from the tallest to the mm-hmm. shortest. And I was the only guy on the bottom row of the photo. Damn. Cause like the only people shorter than me were females. Um, so I, it wasn't like I was coming out there with like a, a real runner's body. Uh, so I already was a bit of a disadvantage and we went to run the mile and I remember on, I, I had the same similar thought on the mile. I was like, why would I run any, like, why would, who cares what, like how long this takes me, you know? Right. And if I'm going to walk it, like the teacher can't see me walking right now. And granted I'm going to come in last, but I just really had this like horrible attitude towards running and even fitness. Cause it wasn't like, you know, I was just like, it was fat. So I just figured, I was like, well, you're not going to like, girls don't really pay attention to you because you're like a short fat guy who hasn't hit puberty and not like you're going to play high school sports because you're there. You got that going against you too. So it didn't mean anything to me to like improve in that regard. And then as I got older and grew up and became an adult running became something that, you know, when I'm into it, I really do enjoy it. Like I find, um, it doesn't go. I mean, obviously there's times that are harder than others, but there's, it's just, I would have never imagined as like a, you know, little 13 year old who didn't want to run a mile, that this was something that I would end up finding like a, a real, you know, great enjoyment in because I don't know. I don't, I don't have the, like, Chris, you got like a sort of masochistic, uh, punish yourself relationship <laughs> to running. I don't have that to me. Right. It's maybe more of a meditative thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and even something like, you know, putting a podcast on and like blowing through a whole podcast series on a, on a bunch of runs like that, that works really well for me. That that's something I, you know, I, I just totally enjoy that. And then beyond that, I mean, I like gear. So like any excuse to buy new stuff, um, yeah, you, one thing I think a lot of people who are listening are going to be wondering like, well, who's this Dan guy? Why is Dan on the pod? Well, well. One of the main well, reasons. The only person you could get. <laughs> yeah, we're the only person that we could get. <laughs> Hopefully, you can build off this uh, with you know. <laughs> exactly. It's a slow burn. It's a slow burn. Yeah, exactly. Um, but Dan is um, really, really uh, he's poignant on the items that he purchases. You know, he really uh, puts a lot of thought into the items he gets. Um, and, uh, I'm curious when it came to running, what were you looking for and what were some of the things that you kind of like, like, uh, dove into in regards to, uh, pieces of gear you liked? Um, cause you research well, a lot. You're I mean, a researcher. You really like to like go online and take a look at what you could potentially buy before you even make the purchase. I mean, yeah. Because I yeah. feel no shame in sharing a, a nice pair of shoes with Dan. I'll be like, check out this new Hoka drop. And I feel like you're one of the only people I can share that with that will get as excited as I am about a new pair of shoes. Right. Yeah. Well, I, you know, those people that don't get excited, tell them to call me because that's a bad <laughs> attitude that they have. Uh, <laughs> everyone should be excited about that. 
but I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess, the, you know, running like any, any of these sports, you, you know, you get to see like there's design, there's aesthetics, there's like the functionality of it. So I guess I always really, I always really wore Nike stuff until kind of until I started running more. And then Chris kind of got me into like Hoka's. Well, initially it was outdoor voices, right? They were, they, they gave us some shoes. Yeah, they were, yeah, they were giving them away. Yeah, that's true. That's what the, those shoes, those outdoor voices, Hoka's, which I thought were pretty sweet looking and they were nice to run in those. We got those for, from our friend who worked there, Aaron. And then I kind of ran those for a while. And then I found some like Solomon satisfy running shoes, which I thought, <clears throat> I really thought those looked really good. Um, and I can't really, I don't know, for some reason now I think Nikes are narrow, so I just don't know if I'll ever run in them again. Um, Nike has really good shorts. I really like like Nike's short game. Yeah, there was one time in the pandemic where I also just want to say like one of my, I think one of the people who, who I really like their uh, own personal style is Jurgen Teller, the photographer, because he always looks like he's going on a run, but he's got like a proper beer like round beer belly um and one of the times like early pandemic and i never intended to like i don't ever intend to dress like jurgen teller i just think he like i just like that you always he always and he's always got like it's it's always colors like the shoe the shoes are colorful the shorts are colorful they're always super short and like the first time out in the pandemic where we saw each other i met chris and sam at the racetrack and i had just spent like days trying to track down these like nike running shorts at, and i think i found them at like dick's sporting goods in pasadena and it's you know it was like you had to like drive up with the mask on and like grab it with like a rubber glove it was like real or like you know you were like right you thought the, you thought the dick's guy was like giving you covid by having yeah. your hand <laughs> the this might be the end of you these pair yeah, of shorts yeah gonna like die i couldn't tell this. anyone in my pod that i drove to pasadena to buy these shorts <laughs> Um, so it was almost, it was like kind of like putting your life on the line for like a new <laughs> pair of shorts. Right. And I put these things on and I was like, yeah, these are sick. Like got these, you know, and then I got out to the track and we like, or after the, the ranch and we ran and I, I, there's a little bit of me. I was like, you know, I'm a medium, like, I like, okay, these are, these are pretty short. They're shorter than I'm nor used to wearing. And I remember Chris at, after the run or Sam offered me like a pair of shorts and they were like a size large. And I was kind of like large, you know, and as also as growing up a fat kid, like you never want anyone to tell you you're a large. Right. And so I was kind of like large dude, like what? And then I said something to Chris and he's like, yeah, actually, I think you're probably a large. Those shorts you have on are, are a little small. <laughs> and then I instantly had this thought where I was like, dude, I like look like Jurgen Teller with like the disgusting, like, my balls dropping out the bottom of the shorts with the gut. Like this is insane, you know? Um, so anyways, that was just something I, I didn't, uh, I guess I manifested that I didn't mean to, uh, have that happen, but those shorts, when I got the large, they were very good. Uh, and I definitely liked those ones with the, throw your phone in the back. I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling. No, so. you're doing, you're doing great. I'm trying to think of, of, other, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I got, I got some hokas, some trail running hokas that, that were cool. And then my dog bit off the lace and Hoka wouldn't send me another, um, of the same lace that said it's not possible. Right. And so I had to throw a different colored lace into that one and it, it ruined the shoe for me. And always now, like, it was a little off putting. I knew it was, eating well, it, was like, it was like, there was like a whole color scheme of like, 
yellow, blue, orange. Right. Like it's, it's like insane. Like nope, something I would normally not buy, but they pulled it off like perfectly. Um, and the laces were navy, and then I couldn't get and, and had a stri- colored stripe in them. And once I lost that lace, I was like, I I hate these shoes, you know. And now they're just sitting in my closet because I. So you have like, have you run in them at, at, at all recently? No. So no, what? I'm trying to replace them. I I really don't like them. And and even when I even when I I like, yeah, I don't know. And right. and that's a really neurotic thing, maybe. But it's just you know, there's something about, it's also, and Chris, we talked about this, like that feeling when you're running and you like look down at your feet right. and it's like everything you're looking at, you like the way that it looks, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. that that's, that's important. That that's something that I just, it's like, yeah, it's, it's a complete image when you're kind of looking down and you see the shorts and you see the shoes or whatever socks you're wearing it just like visually is very like gratifying. And it also gives you, it encourages you to get out the door, right? If you feel like uh, having a nice pair of shoes can be that encouragement, that thing that you need. That's like, I just want to get out and run in these. I want to see how these are going to feel. Yeah, they're very much like this uh, motivator that kind of like, it, I think there's a comedian that has like a joke about it. Um, but, you know, all I need is the shoes. It's like, oh, is that all you need? <laughs> but it's true. There's like a truth behind you just like getting that little, giving yourself a little treat. Um, how long for you, Mark, like when you have a pair of new shoes, uh, does it like keep you motivated? Oh, I mean, it can last for a long time. Like I still love these bright orange speed goats that I have that I did. Oh, those death, are great. Yeah, I those did the great. Death Valley Marathon in those. And I feel like that could be like my signature is just always having a pair of bright orange shoes. Right. So in case anything ever happens to me, they can at least spot the shoes like fall off the side of the mountain or something <laughs> well or it's like it's like there's that guy when i first moved here who used to run in silver lake and los Feliz, and he was like he would he would run you'd see him every day yeah who, 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 was, who was that guy i don't know he died he did like five years ago but you would see him every day like you know he looked like a butterball turkey the color of his skin was like perfect like the, and he was always running shirtless but you just re- and you wore the same thing every day, but you always recognize them. Like if you are running those speed goats till you're 87 years old and everyone's going to know you and your neighbor, you know, like yeah. that. There was a guy that, in Brentwood that was like that. And he would run down San Vicente and uh, his nickname was ripped Brentwood because he was uh-huh. like this, like really like in shape, like slick kind of Clooney looking dude who was probably like in his sixties, but he had like really long hair and he like kind of had like some tattoos on his chest, but he like uh-huh. looked like slick and like Brentwoody, <laughs> so yeah. he's kind of like done up. But every yeah. day you'd see Rip Brentwood just like cutting through, and he would always start from like middle of you know all the stuff and go down to the beach and back. There's another yeah, person know. who does that now, who's this older woman, and she walks every day from like again the same zone down to the beach and back. But she almost looks like she's having a hard time because she. But she, I guarantee you could see her every day in the morning. Yeah, but those but those people become like you know important sort of characters in in like your community. It's you know yeah. that's going to be Mark in, in the in the you know flaming orange sneakers for the rest of his life. That's like, the goal. Yeah, the long term goal is to be. I get inspired seeing those older people out there every day. Like you said, they're fixtures, and and you just look at them and you're like, damn, they're getting they're getting after it. Like I gotta, what, yeah. what am I doing? I gotta do something today. Yeah. What do you yeah. think of um like um 
shoe design, Dan? Like, because you're also like, didn't you work for Nike for a little while? Or I, I, I can't remember. No, they hired me. They, they offered me a job when I was 25. But I didn't want to move to Portland, so I didn't work for them. Uh, like you've been like sneakers wise, like you've been like kind of wearing running shoes. Well, there's, in a shoe, there's well, two things. One, my favorite, one of my favorite running shoes ever, which is I don't think I've ever actually run in it, is the Nike Lunar Racer, like the first one. Let me see what that one's called. I've had like multiple pairs throughout my life, but it was like, the, Oh, of course. That's a great, you had those purple ones of the lunar racer, didn't you? Well, those are, those are lunar racers, but the one, the specific ones were the first lunar racers, but think they're the, what were they called? The lunar that's like, they're like a gray shoe with like a neon green, uh, soul. Those are great. Those are like, yeah, here they are. The original lunar racer. That's to me, one of the best looking shoes ever made. Um, Cause they had like the reflective silver stuff on them and they were somewhat see-through. So your sock, I always like that when you can like see the sock through the shoe. I always think that's cool. Uh, and then currently there's these Adidas, these Berlin marathon Adidas that I think are really nice. Uh, let me find the name of these, but apparently they're like, uh, they've got something where there's a cutout in the midsole so right. you end up, if you've got a wide foot, like it feels like you're going to fall over or something. Um, <laughs> Nike used to have those shoes that I remember, like they were very early on in like my world of like sneakers, probably like 2003. There was these like Nike, um, they would biodegrade, you know, like there was this mm-hmm. time when like, and, and like they were like basically like a track shoe. And like, I remember the whole thing is like people at like undefeated would be wearing them. Uh, like stylishly, the Mayfly? But, yeah, that was what they were. Which what was yeah. the name again? The Mayfly. The Mayfly. Yeah, they were like they would go for like a hundred miles or a hundred kilometers. Yeah, it was like nothing, and then they would like disintegrate. And I remember, I would yeah, see I got people. a pair. I'm following a pair on eBay right now. Oddly <laughs> enough, do you know how many miles they have on them? They're no, they're never worn. Oh damn. Yeah, that yeah. sounds like such a fun shoe to me. But it's one of those things. It's like you buy it, and you're gonna what? They're also like a little dainty. They are, they kind of look like a ballet slipper almost. Yeah. Yeah. You could, there's something you could wear like on vacation or like to the beach or something for one trip and then they would just fall apart. Yeah. There was also that time too. I remember just since we've been talking about a lot of shoes on this episode, but um, the, I think Nike, there was this period where they were, and we were kind of talking about Born to Run and and like kind of like some of the cringe elements Mm -hmm. of that book, but Nike got on that bandwagon in the height of Born to Run. And they had a whole line of like biodegradable shoes or like reuse shoes. And the whole principle was it was like a flat foot shoe. Um, it was basically going to try and mimic barefoot running. Mm-hmm. And they were the ugliest shoes I've ever seen. <laughs> they were so ugly. <laughs> like They were like these brown, like Flintstones, like chuck-a-boot kind of things. And I was just like thinking about how that that, you know, that book has got some really great stuff in it, but it's also like, you know, got its issues and how basically like the capitalist element right. of, of that book and that basically that, that, that group of people found its way to like an ugly chuck boot at the Nike blue house. Yeah. We did. I mean, I'd kind of brought it up. Some people actually asked me about that too. They're like, why was that book embarrassing? Or why were you embarrassed to bring it up? And it's like, it did start a pretty nasty obsession with, with barefoot or minimalist running, which for, I don't know, I guess some people still practice it and swear by it. I would, I, never really went down that road, but, right. um, but yeah, I mean, you had, 
Chris actually told me about that documentary, The Infinite Race, which has a really good bit in it where they show the the Raramari runners. They're showing them footage of people running barefoot in Central Park. And these Raramari runners, the ones that are written about in the book are just like, their mind is blown. They're like, why would anybody choose to do that? <laughs> like, Why would you willingly torture yourself and run barefoot like that? It's, it's so true. I remember... Um... I remember listening to someone talk about that book uh, when it came out and it was uh, at a dinner and the person who I'm talking about was, was just bragging so much about how the, the future is barefoot running. And I think I was sitting in a cheesecake factory as I was hearing this conversation. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. I, I was at, uh, I was at like dinner with uh, some friends and there was this one person there who I didn't at a cheesecake know. factory. At a cheesecake factory, yeah. You ever go to a cheesecake factory with your friends? No, definitely not with you. No. <laughs> well, there's still always time in our friendship to go. Um, <laughs> and this guy was talking about it, and I was just going like, "This this guy's super corny." And I was into into running, but I constantly think back to how he was just saying, "This is the the best style of running." And then I think exactly to that moment in the film. Uh, when the one racer is, is exactly that. Yeah. Why would you ever do that? And it's true. I think that that's again, like the, 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 the problematic element of born to run is like the one Avenue where it talks about barefoot running. Um, it kind of neglects the fact that that was out of necessity. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, everybody's built differently too. And yeah. like uh, if, I mean, maybe it makes more sense to, if you're a super lightweight person and your, your feet and your joints can handle it, but for some of us, it's just not feasible. Well, also too, like they talk about, like I think um, McDougal talks about how in the beginning of the book, like he was like a heel striker, uh-huh. and I, I could be so wrong, but like I think a lot of problems come if you strike on the heel. Like, yeah, it's I, just bad form. It's just bad form, you know. It's like, and I think what they kind of pro, like preached from like a barefoot angle was like midfoot, toe kind of running, yeah. you know. Well, like I was saying too in the last episode, it's like I hated running so much because I didn't know how to do it properly. Right. Like I was that, you know, I also was like a really terrible runner growing up and it's just cause I didn't know what the hell I was doing. It's like trying, it's like not knowing how to swim. You like just throw yourself in the pool and it's like, of course you're not going to be able to like swim a lap. Yeah. What shoes were you running in when you were doing your mile? Do you remember Dan? Oh man. Doc Martens? No, 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 no. Uh, I've definitely run a lap in a pair of Doc Martens because I forgot my PE shoes, though. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, I, I, I they could have been, honestly, at that time, it would have either been like a pair of Nikes or air, like an Airwalk, maybe. Right. Uh, yeah. But I don't think, but I, I, I don't think I would ever try and run a mile in an Airwalk. That's pretty, that kind of goes against my philosophy. That's another <clears> good uh, point, too, because I was probably running junior high era i was definitely running in skate shoes like, oh yeah yeah uh, yeah americas or vans castells or something, or something. just a big yeah. bulky pair of like <laughs> leathery. All over the place. <laughs> oh yeah flat foot in canada there was um the the one like half year i went uh lived in canada um they have terry fox day and that is basically a big running day and i hated it Why? too well, Terry Fox is this very famous Canadian uh, who actually died of cancer. But as he was raising money for um, cancer research, he was going to plan on running from one end of Canada to the other end of Canada. 
Um, uh-huh. And he also only had one leg. He lost his leg initially to cancer, so he was a one-footed runner. Um, and um, you know, he didn't make it, but he just his 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 kind of uh, his uh, energy and stride and body's kind of like Canadian, mm-hmm. you know, culture and the drive. Um, and so they have this day every year. I, I believe it's in the fall. I think in October, maybe. Um, I, I'd love to spend more time talking about Terry Fox because he's just like as good as it gets. But um, yeah, I remember like just having to do that and it was longer than a mile. I can't remember how long the, uh, the, the that race was. Less or more than. What was that? It was less or more than a mile. More than a mile. I remember it being longer and being like, this is brutal. Like mm-hmm. this is so hard. And it's, it's a crazy thing to ask someone to do. You know, it's like, it's not an easy feat to run that much if you don't want to, because it's so mental, right? Like you have to kind of want to mentally buy in to do it. Yeah. There's a lot to, that's again, like I am very hesitant to recommend running to everybody because there's a lot to buy into physically and mentally. Well, that always comes up to me too. Like people will go like, um, you know, if I talk about a marathon, they'll go like, oh, I, I, I want to try and do it. Or they'll say something to the effect of like, how do I start? And I'll always go, well, do you like running? And if they say no, I'm like, then don't do it. Right. (laughs) It's that simple. Like it's not something for everybody. So Dan, when did you start, when did things change for you then? Like when did you start getting into soccer and, and running and all that? Uh, pro- I guess I was like probably like 20, it was probably like 10 years ago. So it was after high school, like throughout high school, you were still. Oh, high, no, high school, I like skateboarded and like didn't, didn't do physical activity beyond that. Uh, college, I lived in New York, so I didn't. Yeah, you guys wouldn't go home. running in New York? No, not really. No, not really at all. Uh, no, it wasn't. In, then I moved here and like. That when I moved here, it was that it was the period of the barefoot shoe where you like saw these people prancing in little five finger shoes all over. Like <laughs> everyone was like learning to run the right way for the first time. Right, so right. They all had like like the horse hop the, up and down Griffith Park. Right. Um, the Vibram. That was a, that, and like no one was eating bread at that time. And you know it was like a really specific period in like Los Angeles health and wellness. It also was before people talked about wellness, you know, beyond like now that's like a real lifestyle you can get into, but that was sort of like pre that pre influencer. Um, right. What'd you say before the influencers kind of took over that space? Yeah. So yeah. There was no Instagram. So like the only way you could see the prancing five finger people is if you were really out in the streets with them, you know, kind of like skateboarding. Uh-huh. Uh, totally. But, but yeah. Uh, so when I first, kind of when I first moved here, cause you just, you just, you know, you utilize this place in a different way than you would a city like New York. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the, um, when I would talk to you about running uh, early on, you would use these apps that had these workouts. So I wanted you to kind of explain to the Never Not Run listeners, like what those apps were and what you got out of them. Um, well, I guess there's like running for weight loss was the app that I would use. And my friend Alex put me on to those and it, it's like interval training. So you, you basically, you know, they're like, they're just calling out to you like, all right, going to run for three minutes. And they're like sprint 80%, 30 seconds. And then, then you do that and then you walk and then you 
sprint 15 seconds, hundred percent, whatever. And it's like a, you know, it's like a, they, tr- I think they want you to run it three times a week. That's like sort of the schedule. And you, you obviously build up to where you're not walking at all and you're sprinting a lot. And I just have always felt uh, like I can definitely go out, you know, like I can go out and run four miles and it's like, cool. The most I've ever run is seven with Chris. I've never done more than that. So I don't want anyone to think I can do more than that. Oh yeah. Uh, no, that's like the main disclaimer on the head of all of these podcasts. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's a grab bag of what we're going to get in regards yeah. to talking. Well, about. no, but it's funny because people, you know, that like sometimes you'll talk to someone and they're like, yeah, man, like I'm just trying to work up to a 5k and yeah. you're like, okay, dude, what? I know. But then, but, but then you're also, you know, but then you're also like, I, you know what, if you don't like to run 5k is a long way to go, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. like straight up. It's- um, and so, yeah, but also I've never attempted more than seven one day. I, maybe I would, but that those apps were great just cause it's like, I like having someone in my ear kind of telling me what to do. Um, you were a big Barry's boot camp guy too. I remember. Well, I wouldn't call myself a big Barry's boot camp. <laughs> but yes, that was one of the things that I did in my uh, cycling through fitness trends in Los Angeles. Yes, Dan was a big old Barry's boot yeah. camp guy. Yeah, I did geez, it too with you. Man. Well, no, I'm not. Uh, no, I did do that for a minute. I would, I would, you know, get into the red room and and try and knock some things out, but. Um, yeah, I didn't. In the end, Barry's I was it sort of felt. It feels a little reckless in terms of the way you like throw the fifteen pound weights around. Right. You're sort of like you know, and it's like I just was like for someone with the back thing. I was like, this is not for me. Plus, the running in there, dude. When they have, when you're at like a twelve on the treadmill, and right, you're. I had this massive fear at Barry's that I was going to go up to twelve on the treadmill, and then I was going to miss step and fly backwards and there was going to be someone doing like a, a tricep press. And as I flew off the treadmill, as they were like peak on the tricep press, my back of my head would hit the top of the dumbbell and I would die. And that was like, I was just like, dude, I'm not going to die in this exercise class. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I've I always never felt- had a six pack. I'm never, pro- I would, you know, I don't know if I'm ever going to have a six pack but it like wasn't happening in berries and I didn't want to die hitting my head on a dumbbell. So I stopped doing that. Um, and it was expensive. Uh, but as far as classes go, I think if I, if there's any classes that I like, I definitely Pilates is, I I think is a really great, uh, that's a a great exercise. And then if you mix that with the running and one other active, one other sport, you can, you can, you know, you feel pretty good about yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause you're playing tennis a lot now. Yeah, that's yeah, mainly doing that. That's the next trend I'm on. That's what the, I've noticed a lot of people our age are shifting into tennis. That's like yeah. The, it's the time in our lives where we're going to like get really into wine and tennis. Well, but that I'm I'm curious about that cuz I wonder like if yeah, I don't know, maybe that's when my dad got into tennis and golf and that stuff too was like at this age. I don't really remember. I guess so. Maybe that's just what it is. I, I always, I've been thinking a lot about that. I've been thinking about like trend and desire and things that you want to do and like the age, time, the age we're at, like, and how I remember during the pandemic and like 
this was something that Dan and I, and Mark and I were doing. We were, we were playing golf a lot, and I hadn't played yeah. golf in maybe like fifteen years. You know? But that also, but that's what I'm saying is that also, you know, that's where the the especially anything anyone's picked up in the last two years. I wonder how much of it has. It's it's on the one hand, it's it's like it's very cool that you've seen everybody, not everybody, but you see a lot of people around you have got picked up new hobbies over the last two years where it's like, you know, they're, Oh, this person's like into biking now. And it's like a lot of that was just out of necessity of what could we do together? You know, like we didn't, couldn't hang. So the only way we could hang was like going to golf at random places around Los Angeles. It wasn't, that just was like what we, you know? Yeah. So that's sort of, I guess my question is like, when I get into these things is, is like, am I getting into these things because everybody around me is, or because there's a certain circumstance with the pandemic that sort of forced us into, you know, like, cause I had to, I, there was no soccer for two years because exactly. you couldn't breathe on each other. So that was like, what, okay, well, what else am I going to do to fill my time? So in that sense, it doesn't seem to me as much of a, like, Oh, well, I'm like 37, 38. Let me like, go play golf now. It was like, well, I don't know what else am I going to do? Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But that being said, you know, there was also, I mean, I remember like doing golfing and playing tennis as a kid and then you get into skateboarding and you think that that stuff's like, you're not interested in it and you couldn't imagine you'd ever go back to like, you know, like going out golfing like your dad did and like doing business deals on the golf course or whatever it was that he would, you know, people like played in charity tournaments all the time, you know, it's like, yeah. So, but also I think, you know, even through the pandemic running was something like that for us where we could meet up and all go for a run. And that was like a safe, uh, you know, like a a safe activity where you wouldn't necessarily get COVID. Totally. I, uh, where was your, I guess, well, we had a lot of, we, we go to the horse track uh, over in Burbank and that's kind of in a zone we like to go the running. Dojo. Yeah, that's the current dojo. Um, yeah, Hollywood Reservoir. But I remember that, you know, it can get rough down there because I don't really know the rules in regards to the horses. And, you know, my fear when we would run down there uh, would be like, we'd go be like running behind like a Clydesdale and, and like I would spook the horse and get like a boot right to my head. And that would always be yeah. my fear. Well, they, they yeah. told you that, right? At some point, didn't they stop? Yeah, we, yeah, we got yelled at. We got yelled at. Yeah, you know, it because there's something kind of like really awesome and beautiful about you're kind of running alongside these horses, but then you you forget that like, you know, you they know, could kill you. Grand Apple could like just like take your head off. Well, and for the riders too. I mean, the riders, I think, were yeah. the ones that were like, you know, Don't, if you spook our horses, we're going to get tossed. So you guys yeah, got to be yeah. careful. Yeah, so anyone who's hearing this, there is a place you can go, but you got to respect the uh, the people who are there first. <laughs> That's respect the, the animals. Respect the animals. Yeah, but that, that's just a general philosophy for anyone listening to the show in general. You just got to respect the people that were there first, right? That's <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's very true. What's your uh, favorite zone? Uh, you know, I, I guess, well, you know, here's a question. Where, in L.A., where is your favorite place to go running? Um, You know, I think... I like the ranch a lot down in Burbank. That's really fun. I also, I went, the last run I went on, I went down to the Arroyo in Pasadena and I really enjoyed that. Uh, that was, that was a cool place to run. I'm trying to think, I mean, the beach with you. It's always fun. You get out, get out the golden bowl and hit like a run. You know, that's always a great, 
zone. Um, yeah, those are probably, you know, there's, there's lots of, I used to always run the Silver Lake Reservoir and now that feels like it's a, it's a little too, uh, yeah, crowded what is it with there. Silver Lake Reservoir? Like I just ran it recently and, and I really enjoy it, but there is like, there's an energy there, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, well, you, I just feel like it's like, you're like going to run into lots of people. Got and, it. Maybe that's all. It, it, it is a very congested place to run. There are a lot of people doing like a lot of things there. Yeah. And especially if you haven't seen someone in two years and then you pass them on the reservoir and you're like, you just wave, but you probably should say hello. Cause it's been two plus years <laughs> since you spoke to them, but you also are like, I don't want to stop. Like I'm in like, right. I didn't come here to chat. So it's just better to stay away from there. If you know, uh, but there's something that, I mean, even when you're running there, there's like that, that's one of the best views in Los Angeles is like when you're running around that reservoir and it's sort of like dusk. Oh yeah. And you're kind of, you got like the, the lights on the hill and the water. It's like, feels kind of Mediterranean. I, I really like that. Yeah. Um, LA's got this way of kind of shape shifting on you sometimes to make you feel like you're somewhere else when you're not like, I, I, I get that sense when I'm there. I feel like I'm like, like Lake Cuomo or something like that. Like I've never even yeah, been yeah. there, but I get, you know, you can kind of look at all the houses on the hill and you're going by the reservoir. It, it's, it's beautiful. Griffith park is another good one too, where there's a lot of little pockets where you're like either surrounded by pine, you know, evergreen trees that are kind of watered around yeah. the clock. So they, they look, you look like you're in Oregon or something. If you squint. Griffith park, you said, yeah, yeah. Griffith park. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're yeah, always weird zones. Forest. Yeah, exactly. That they, they, they shoot TV. Commercial yeah, I mean, well, basically, yeah, what we're talking about is just Hollywood. Like, you know, mm-hmm. they they built whatever you can build whatever reality you want here. It's not real, but it can feel real for like a glimpse yeah. as you pass. Yeah, so it. true. Yeah, it's um, it's 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 a really remarkable place. Like, I, we were talking to. Uh, I've also decided that uh, we're gonna build up to our Sam Griesmer episode, and he'll be at our one year <laughs> anniversary show. But uh, we're gonna keep talking about 53. him like he's a. Uh, He's on the show. He's going to be the phantom that just kind of looms over each episode. Sam was talking about um, just, you know, he did like a Marina Del Rey run. And I think we're going to have an NNR run that is going to be down at a Marina Del Rey in the spring. So everyone stay tuned for that. Uh, we're going to do a meetup run down there. More details coming soon. Um, but yeah, like that area is just so beautiful to go out to. And, you know, yeah. Those are my brutal 20s. <laughs> if you ever find yourself out by the UCLA, um, the rowing club uh, on a run, you're pretty far. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's pretty far. Yeah, I don't even know where that is. Well, Dan, I wanted to just ask, did you have any more questions for Dan? Because it's been like really, I love talking to you, man, because like you're just such an elaborate uh, speaker. <laughs> I really, really like love the details you you highlight. Like you're so like, it's just so fun to listen to you. Um, did you have any more questions for Dan? I mean, this, this has been a great chat so far. I mean, I think we're at a good point with everything. Yeah. What's, what's your runner's high, man? My ru- Ooh, I like this. I like that. Oh. I'm really, well, I, I'll, I like that also. Cause, uh, I like, I, I like this. I have this idea of food as drugs, like, people who eat to get high. Yeah. So I really like the idea of, of like, what are these other things besides drugs that um, they're doing this, you know, they're getting you high. So runner's high has always been, I mean, it's even the first time I got runner's high, like 
when you felt your brain like pulsing expanding yeah you know that was that was you know i mean if you've ever had a panic attack you know that it feels like that's the first time you ever think you're gonna die mm-hmm. um yeah. and it's a shocking it's a really shocking feeling to be like oh my god I'm, i like think i'm dying this is this is what mm-hmm. luckily i had my first one with chris and he had had one before so he could walk me through the fact that i wasn't actually dying sure but that the definitely the first time i got runners high that was like an otherworldly experience in my body because it was like to feel your brain going like that was really um it was messed up uh and actually another time my i I was talking to my dad the other day because he went to tahiti on this like cruise and he was talking about um and he like my dad's sick so he can't really travel for another couple years this was like the last trip he could get before he could last trip you could go on before he can no longer travel for a while. Okay. So he, um, he went to Tahiti and we were talking about, you know, like, Oh man, it's so hot there. And he's like, yeah, we were just like, you don't even sweat. It's so hot. And, da, 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 da. and you know, like a couple years ago, I went to St. Bart's and I went for a run. Cause I was like, Oh, I should like, I should go for a run here. You know, that's, I guess running's cool. Cause you, one of the amazing things about running is anywhere you go, you can do it. Yeah. And, um, I'm just going to lead into two stories. Um, but I went on this run in St. Bart's, like out to this like beach and it was probably like 85 degrees and it was really, um, humid. And I go for this run at one point and I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm like, okay, cool. Like feeling it kind of not checking my time, but sort of like tripping out as I'm like walk, driving by these people's houses in this foreign country I've never been to. And at one point I hit this part in the trail where there's like all these turtles and I, and I was kind of feeling out of it. And then I hit this point where I see all these like shells, these like colored shells. And then these like heads swivel around. And I don't really know what I'm looking at and they're turtles. And in that moment I panicked and thought that like, I was going to have to fight off these turtles or something. Oh. They were really just trying to eat the fruit that was there. But and, I, and so anyways, I had this weird experience with these turtles and then I'm sort of like, man, is something going on here? And then I kept running a little bit more. I probably got another quarter of the mile and I almost, at that point I almost passed out and I stopped and I started to put my hands on my knees and then I had to like sit down and I was listening to this like Roger Deacon's Coen Brothers podcast where <laughs> like none of it was even making sense anymore. Yeah. And then, and I hadn't even run a mile. And then I, I basically, I was like, I was like, I'm going to pass out. This is like, something's going on. And so I was telling my dad that story and he's like, Oh, but that was so dangerous to run in those conditions. And I didn't know. And maybe you guys could enlighten me. Maybe I'm wrong, but he was saying like, when it's that hot and that humid and you can't really sweat, it's really not a healthy time to be running. Mm -hmm. Um, It's something I haven't learned yet. (laughs) Yeah. Well, but you run it, but you, cause you run in Los Angeles, but you know, this is like, we're talking like, 85 degrees with like 75% humidity, you know, but it was this weird thing because it was normally I can handle going for like a mile run, but this particular mile, I couldn't even get through a mile without thinking I was going to pass out. And according to my father, it had to do with the high temperature, high humidity. Another story with running that was an important moment in my life is um, one thing I discovered young thug while running because there was this, mixtape he put out a long time ago called black portland 
and I would listen to it running around the Silver Lake Reservoir like every day. And that was sort of like, and that was like, and to this day, that's still like every year on Spotify, he's always in my top five of like of artists that I listen to. But that definitely, I remember like, that was kind of a runner's high is like being exposed to him on my run and kind of like you're, you're by yourself in that, you know, it's like, yeah. it's not in your car. It's like you, you get to like connect with this guy and he's transformative for me. And then another one was, so my mom passed away in 2014 and I didn't really know I was in Paris and I didn't really know, like I went to my friend's wedding and then I was in Paris and I was like, I talked to my mom and the they're just like say goodbye to your mom. So I'm like, okay, goodbye. I get on the phone. I'm like, Hey mom, like she couldn't really answer me, but she was like, right. You know, whatever you say to your mom, when she dies, uh, you just sort of, you just like you, I told her I was going to get married and, or, you know, whatever. And then my, they were like, all right, that's it. And I was like, okay. And then like that night, very sad, obviously. And then I, I went to bed and then the next morning I woke up and I didn't, uh, I didn't know what to do. You know, I was sort of like, what do I do, man? Like, I, like, I don't, I, I was with my, my now wife and her sister and, and my uh, brother, now brother-in-law. And I, but I didn't really know, I didn't really want to be like, I, what would, <clears throat> you know, when you go through something like that, what are you supposed to, Sure. what's anyone going to talk mm-hmm. to you about? You know, right, it's right. like, you want to talk about getting a croissant? Like, I don't, so I got up that next morning and it was, and this is also tied in a weird way, but there was this like artist that I got an email from some artist being like, Hey, can you do a music video for this person? And it was like a song produced by Dev Hines. And I was like, Oh, sick. Like my mom died. And then maybe this is a sign that like things are going to work out. Cause at that point in my life stuff work wise, wasn't really like happening in a great way. Right. Like, Oh, cool. So then I was like, you know what? I'm going to go for a run. I was like, this is probably the best thing I could do. And then <laughs> of course, because of the, well, I don't even know why, but then I, I basically just like ran around Paris listening to Blood Orange. And it was like one of the most, wow. It was a very surreal experience because it was like early morning Paris. It was June, no, it was July 21st or 20, yeah, I think it was July 21st, 2014. And I just was like on my own, like running through the Luxembourg Gardens and all these places and like had wow. the Blood Orange album going. And it was really like, it just was that that was all I could do to kind of figure out a way to process like what had just happened the day before, you know? And in that way, um, that's, that's cool about running to me too, because it really is like, you know, you, you get to be in your own headspace. Like nobody can, no one gets to come in your brain when you're doing that. And right. that's, that's like a cool thing. And then funny and like to cap that story off or end it. So then like, you know, probably uh, six months later, I'm like in a nightclub in Los Angeles and I see that I didn't get the music video uh, by the way, but I see the dude who's who the music video was for at this nightclub. I'm like, Oh man, I gotta, I gotta like talk to this guy. So I walk up to him and I'm like, yo, like, yo, (laughs) he's like, what? And I'm like, dude, like my mom died like a year ago and the, the, the right after she died, they hit me up to like have me do a music video for you. And I thought it was like a sign. So then, and, and this guy was kind of like, he was looking at me like, why are you telling me this, man? <laughs> and 
And then I was like, but yeah, man, like, I just want you to know that was like a ray of light, like right after my mom died. And he was just, he kind of, he was like, all right, man. Like he kind of gave me this like, dude, not okay. like don't talk to yeah. me in the nightclub, like go away. Right. So I thought that was pretty whack of him, even though it was probably pretty like maybe oversharing of me. Um, but anyways, but that, yeah, that definitely, probably if I were to really talk about the runner's side, that thing with like running, the day after my mom died, that was like, sounded like amazing with the music and everything. That was kind of like, that was, that was a runner's high, but in a way that I, I hope to not have to experience uh, many other times in my life. Yeah, of course. It's an incredible story. Though. That's an incredible story, Dan. That's, that's really amazing. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. It's uh, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's powerful <laughs> stuff. And, and I've come to kind of like realize nowadays as I'm, um, not running nearly as much as I used to, like just like the kind of the therapy I get out of just going and running and, 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 and exactly that, like you just get that time with yourself. Um, you said it really beautifully too. It's nothing can enter your brain mm -hmm. at that point. Yeah. yeah. It's so true. I, I think we should, I think we should, we should leave it on that. Cause that, that was just incredible. Yeah. Um, Dan, thank you so much for thank being you. on episode two of the never not run podcast. Yeah, anytime. And remember, uh, Vitalite, hydrate faster. Two scoops dissolved in 16 ounces of water will get you through the day. Thank you so much, Dan. Thank you. And yeah. uh, we, will be, uh, we will be in touch soon. Love you, man. All right. Adios. Adios. That was, that was awesome. Yeah. I, I just, I, I think he's such like a... Um, he's just such a storyteller. Right. It's funny because I was kind of, I was nervous, honestly, on the way here. Like, what are we going to have to yeah. say to Dan? And then he just he had some amazing stories. Well, I, I, I think that that's going to be what's awesome about this pod is we're going to get these, these moments from people who um, haven't run uh, at all or, or have run a lot. And, and we can get these really interesting stories out of them because it is a really great connector. Um, and it's just so interesting to kind of see what's going to be popping up. Um, I want to say thank you just to all the, also the people who reached out the last, uh, week who listened to episode one. Um, you know, Mark and I are really excited about this. Yeah. We got some really good feedback and was really surprised at all the different people that connected to it, that listened and, and that reached out to us. Yeah. So we're going to keep going. We're going to keep having great interviews. Um, and then maybe Mark and I'll just jam out some other times, um, I do have to say, uh, we've got, uh, you know, nevernotrun.com. You can also reach Dan at his website at calcuttacable.com. That is uh, Daniel Pappas's director's website. He's done some amazing music videos and uh, is just a really great creative brain. We're really thankful for having him on the show. And also some amazing stuff with you, like yes, Art with Edward. Yes. <laughs> we've done some pretty great stuff. Um, Dan is is a, is an all around great human being, so we're really great to yes. have him. Um, but yeah, we've got a lot of stuff coming down the pike. Uh, we've been getting really excited about all the people we're going to interview. Um, yeah, and also check out the Strava Club that we just started. Yeah, we, we've got the Strava Club going on. Mark started that up for us. Yeah, so we can finally kind of connect with some runners on another platform, maybe so we're not so Instagram heavy, and we're going to try to do some races out of that platform. Yeah, definitely um, 
coming soon. I'm going to be announcing some uh, digital races that are going to be coming up. Uh, love to get one maybe going in for the first day of spring um, when we get out of this winter hell hole that we're in. Uh, and I am very excited to uh, get into all of that with all of you soon. But thank you so much for tuning in. This was a great episode. Yeah. All right, everyone. This has been the Never Not Run podcast. I'm your host, Chris Candy. And I'm Mark Nieto. We will be back next week. Yeah.